Tonight, I'm going to be looking at a passage from Ephesians 5, uh, verses 1 to 2. And who knows that first and foremost, we're called to be in relationship with Jesus. Yeah, come on, it's good to know three people believe that. And, and it, uh, we're called to be in relationship with Jesus. And not only that, we are called to be imitators of our Heavenly Father. It says this in Ephesians 5, 1, 2. It says, imitate God Therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children, live a life filled with love following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. It says incredibly clearly that as disciples of Christ, we are called to be imitators of God. And uh, in the next 15 minutes or so, we're going to unpack what that looks like. And Paul wrote Ephesians to strengthen believers by explaining the nature and the purpose of the, the church. The church is you and me, the people. And so a massive part of that is imitating Father God. Imitating God. What does that look like? And, uh, and it's a huge part of our purpose as the church, but it's also how we achieve our purpose as the church, by imitating Him. So we're called to be imitators of God in everything we do, and live a life filled with love. And if we do that, it says we make God happy, a pleasing aroma to God. I just want to throw a challenge out really quickly for those in the room who are, who are saying, yeah, I'm a, I'm a follower of Jesus. Is your life in a pleasing aroma to God? Does he look at your life and is he going, come on, that makes me happy? Or is it not? I've been, uh, been able to step into the amazing privilege in the last seven months of being a dad. And it is uh, the best thing ever. And um, it's so fun. We're in a stage, because she's seven months old, where uh, she can't figure out how to crawl, but she can get up on her hands and knees. So she just awkwardly, like, rocks back and forth for, like, <laughs> it's weird, but it's so cute. Um, but we've got this cool uh, bond going on at the moment. Her name is Gigi. And uh, the most French bougie baby name you'll ever hear, thanks to my beautiful wife. And, um, and her name is Gigi. Gigi and I, we have conversations with each other. It's pretty cool, yeah. Like, we talk to each other, and she's only seven months. So what I do is I look at her, and I go, Gigi. <clears throat> and then she looks at me and goes, ah. <laughs> And then I look back at her, ah. And we go back and forth for ages. It is the cutest thing ever. It is so fun. And I get to have these, so, uh, these really cool conversations with my daughter. And uh, we've also got this thing going on. And uh, if she looks at me and smiles, I go like this. And then she'll go. And, and, and then I do it, and we start clapping together. Actually, it was so cool. It was so cool. The, um, this afternoon, even, I was just hanging out with her, and um, I was uh, just sitting down, actually, looking at my message, and I was just praying. And, and she, um, she was really just trying to play with my hair, but she, like, reached out, and she grabbed my head like this, and then she's going, 
I was like, Tina, she's praying over me. <laughs> it was so cool. <laughs> so we, we've got this really cool bond going on, Gigi and I. And just like Gigi and I, God wants to have the same relationship with us. You see, God wants to go, and then he wants to look at us and see us go, we're called to be imitators of God, of our heavenly father, just like how it is in natural, in the human world. And so I encourage you, we're called to be imitators of God. I encourage us to step into that, but also it is a fun thing to be imitators of God. Because Father God, remember, he's not a, a man sitting on a cloud with a big white beard ready to strike us when we get things wrong. He's a loving God who sent his son to die on a cross for us. And we are called to be imitators of him. I want everyone to do something. It's going to get a bit awkward, so just bear with me. I want you to pick one of your neighbors right now. I'll let you do that. And I want you to simply, for about 10 seconds, stare into each other's eyes. Hold on, hold on. I got some more instructions. 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 All right. First of all, when you stare into their eyes, I want you to be looking for the reflection of yourself. Okay? Second of all, if this exercise creates any couples or marriages, I get the credit. So, all right. So, I right, turn to the person next to you. Stare into their eyes. Look for your reflection. Okay, okay, that's that's enough, that's enough, that's enough. That's that's enough, yep, yep, yep. Yep. Come to church, it's it's fun, eh? Yeah. <clears throat> Who could see the reflection of themselves in the other person's eyes? Come on, a few people in here. <clears throat> I remember being in America and I was with a speaker and the uh he said this, he said, God will only see himself in our eyes if we are looking at him. You see, if you did that same exercise, but you were looking at the back of their head, I can guarantee you wouldn't have seen the reflection of yourself. But yet many of us in our Christian worlds are looking at the back of Jesus. And he's looking at the back of us. We have our backs completely turned to him. But if we simply turned our attention towards him, we looked at him, he would be able to see his reflection in us. That's the life of a disciple as being an imitator of God, that God would look at us when we're looking at him and go, I see myself in them. I wonder if God looks at us, and I, I, I mean, I'm sure it won't be that awkward with God. But if God looks at us, does he see himself in you? Does he see his reflection in your eyes? Or is he looking at the back of your head? 
I think that's such a challenging thing to think about. And we have to be so in sync with God and with heaven that when he looks at us, he sees himself. Uh, can I add to that? I believe that we need to be imitating him, that we need to be seeking after him, that when he looks, uh, looks at us, his heart starts to race. We should make God's heart race. Come on, when he looks at us, our hearts race. When he looks at us, are we making his heart race? John 5, 19, it says this. So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son also does. I'm sure many of you know my testimony. I've shared it a few times, but for those who don't know it, uh, when I was 13 years old, I got to go to India with my dad. And uh, we were in a village in Punjab, and uh, there was a line of people after the church gathering ready for prayer. And uh, I mean, I didn't really know how to pray for someone to be healed. And this uh, dad, uh, I'm next to dad, kind of watching. He's praying for everyone. And I just remember so clearly, he turned to me and he said, you're praying for the next people. My hands start to sweat. I go, Lord, please just let it be a little paper cut. Just something like the smallest thing in the world, please. And I remember these two ladies walk up. They come walking. And one of them spoke and said, my friend here is deaf and mute. And I'm like, are you flipping kidding me? <laughs> it was terrifying. And what did I do? I don't think, okay, Jay, let's bring out the most spectacular prayer that you can think of. I copied my dad's prayer from the previous person. And I didn't pray for her tongue or for her ears. I prayed for her knee. That does, that, that's not a good formula to see a tongue and ear healed praying for their knee. Anyway, five minutes later, we look over and we see this girl who couldn't speak, couldn't hear, speaking and hearing for the first time in her life. God completely healed her. It didn't matter that I prayed for her knee. God is good. <laughs> and do you know what happened? Do you know how that happened? I imitated my dad. I copied my dad's prayer. And just like in the same way, we are called to imitate God. You know, we see, when we imitate God, he is wanting to move through our life. In fact, he is prepared and he will and he has given us the greatest tool, the greatest piece of equipment that he gave Jesus. Come on, does anyone know what it is? Holy Spirit. He's given us a spirit to live in us, to be with us every moment of the day. But not only that, so that we can lay hands on the sick and they will be recovered. Come on, the Holy Spirit, that's how that person got healed from being deaf and mute. Not Jay's prayer, because it was a bad prayer. It was God. And He is calling us to imitate Him and walk with the Holy Spirit side by side to see that come to pass. You see, we can't just quote and memorize scripture and think that we're imitating Christ. We've got to become scripture. You know what I'm saying? Come on, we're called to imitate 
him in everything that we do. Yeah, see, I'm sure no one from Activate. But some Christians don't even believe in Holy Spirit. But I don't even know how we can be the church without him. Yet alone do church. I, I don't believe we can even be the church without him because we need his strength. We need his guidance. We need his power, his authority. And he is willing to give it to us. We've got to imitate him. But you see, it's also not just about the healing. You see, the healing is a good thing. Seeing people healed and signs, wonders, and miracles are great things. But he gives us Holy Spirit to walk with us every single day so that we can see the ultimate miracle. And that's people giving their lives to Jesus. It is the greatest miracle of all time when people say, Jesus, I want to follow you for the rest of my life. That changes people's worlds. And here's the thing, our good words can't change worlds. Our good words can't change hearts. Only God can. Just like my prayer couldn't change that woman's situation, only God can. And he did. Are we prepared to partner with Holy Spirit to see him move in our life? Eric Gilmore, uh, another preacher from America who I got to hang out with for a bit, he, he said this and it really challenged me. He said, it is possible to do God's work and forget his face. No amount for the kingdom will be pure if you don't know God. You see, he wants a, a personal relationship with us. He wants our heart. He wants our life. No amount of work for the kingdom will be pure if we don't know him. Come on, I wonder how many of us, our hearts may be burning for Jesus. But do you know him? Because there's a difference. Are your hearts burning for him, but you don't know him? You know, actually something, going off script a little bit, something that God's been challenging me on a little bit recently is, is the scripture, um, I believe it's in Mark, and it's talking about when Jesus curses the, uh, the tree, the fig tree. And he curses the tree. And then we see, uh, because why did he curse it? Because it bore no fruit. And then we see in the passage with the vine, we see Jesus saying that what glorifies my father are those who bear fruit. That's what glorifies. And the tree wasn't bearing fruit, so he cursed the tree. And I've been thinking about that and praying about it and reflecting on it. And, and uh, what I felt God saying to me is it's not about what you do, it's about who you are. Because what's the fruit of the Spirit? Signs, wonders, miracles, prophecy? No. It's joy, kindness, self-control, love. It's these things. And, and it's not about what we do. Although, come on, we are called to do great things. It is about who we are. And how do we gain the fruit of the Spirit? How do we step into that and see that in our life? By imitating Him. 
by imitating him. And so if we want to be trees that, that God walks past in a, in a sense and, and he goes, wow, that is bearing good fruit, that we're glorifying the Father with our life, we, we need to be bearing good fruit. We need to be imitating him. Yeah, that's for free. Think about this. If an Elvis Presley impersonator walks on stage and does a bit of a hee-hee. <laughs> now listen, listen, that's the point. That would be weird. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> if he walked on a stage and he performed like Michael Jackson, we would know that there's a problem there. And just like us being disciples of Christ, living for Jesus, if we get onto the stage and impersonate something that is not God, it's going to be weird. We are called to be imitators of God. And here's the thing, we need to be intimate with God to imitate God. Not intimate in a weird way, guys. I, I just feel that some people's minds might have gone there, and I felt to say that. But intimate in a way of he loved us, so he died on a cross for us, and we can walk in relationship with him every single day. What if Activate Church raises the standard where it's normal to see multiple people receive miracles every single Sunday? Uh, what, what if it was normal for Activate Church to see 20, 30, 40 people say yes to Jesus every Sunday? Come on, come on how amazing would that be? And he wants to do that in and through us. We've got to be impersonating. We've got to be, doing, we've got to be imitating God. The gospel we read about is all about a full-time gospel, not about a part-time gospel. It was never about two hours on a Friday night at youth, and it was never about a, uh, an hour and a half on a Sunday night at 6 p.m. It was about a lifelong pursuit after the king. And if we want to be imitating him and seeing, uh, you know, if we want to be living the best life in the calling of God, because the calling of God is the best place to be in, we got to be imitating him. we got to know who he is, what he's like, so that we can imitate him. It's the life that we're living with, the price that he paid for. You know, often uh, as, as Christians, we, we talk about uh, the second coming of Christ, right? And sometimes we sing about it and we go, come on! And we're excited about it. And i got to be completely honest with you. It is exciting for me, but it terrifies me so much. Why does it terrify me? Because there are so many people in my world that don't know Jesus. There are so many people in our worlds that don't know Jesus. And I want them to know about him before Jesus comes back. Come on, we, we need to be imitators of Christ to the people around us so that they would see something on our lives. 
Here's the evangelistic coming out. We, we are missing something in the equation if we are imitating Christ, but we're not opening our mouth about him, by the way. We need to talk about him. We need to open our mouth about him. We're called to do that. He wants to flow in and through us. And we need to be intimate with our loving Father. Matthew 7.12 says this. Do to others whatever you would like to them to do to you. It also says in 2 Timothy 3.12, it says, Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Wow, we just got intense. Are you telling me I'm going to suffer persecution? It's a promise from the Father. You see, when we live a godly life and we imitate Him, the Bible is clear that we will suffer persecution. That's not our time to shrivel back. Because I'm sure many of us have gone, come on, I'm ready to imitate you, God. I'm ready to change the world for Jesus. And then one smart comment comes our way. Oh man, no, that that didn't work. I'm not going to try that again. God says that we will suffer persecution. But as we've been hearing a lot about recently in church, we're not in a battle against flesh and blood, but against evil spirits and uh, evil spirits and authorities. And here's the thing, people get messed up. Come on, we're all humans. That's the reality because of sin. But why would we get messed up? Because other people are messed up. Just think about that. Why would we get messed up? Because other people are messed up. Come on, where are the ones that would pray for the persecutor? Where are the ones that understand 2 Timothy 3.12 and know that living a godly life means that we'll be persecuted? Where are the ones that will turn another cheek in Matthew 5.39? Where are the ones who will hold no records of wrong, just like our Savior? Come on, what will our response be in persecution? Will it be something that comes out of us in that as a reaction? Or will it be something that comes from the Father's heart because we're imitating Him? Todd White, he said this, he said, If people don't see Christ in us, people won't want what we say we have. Once we realize that we are accepted and loved by Jesus, we won't let the rejection and the persecution of other people rule us. Why? Because no one on this planet can take away what they didn't give you. No one can take away what they didn't give you. So we're called to be like Christ. Christians, Christians, it's in the name. We're called to be Christians, Christ imitators. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified 
with Christ. And it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. So as we finish, come on, we've heard that we're called to be imitators of Christ. And when we start on a journey of imitating Christ, often we find that God starts to challenge different parts in our worlds. You know, something that God has been challenging me on recently uh, to be completely open and vulnerable as I'm, as I'm pursuing Him and trying to imitate Him as He's been challenging me on my jokes. Oh, but it's just a joke, God. Is it imitating Christ? And he's been challenging me on that. In fact, there's a verse in somewhere about it. It says, says well, no coarse jokes or something like that. But come on, we can often say it's just a joke. But is it imitating God? Is it reflecting Him? Come on, maybe you need to change the way that you respond to different situations at work. And God's going to highlight that. And come on, as we imitate him, just allow him to mold some things. Maybe there's some people in your world that you've been holding a grudge to and God's saying, come on, enough is enough. Be set free of that. Come on, who are those people in your world that you need to just, you need to just let go of that grudge? Maybe there's some people that God is specifically going to ask you, oh, I want you to love them in this season with my love. Come on, who are those people. He's, he's going to mold us and change things in our world as we continue to imitate Him. And we need God, we, we need to get into His presence to imitate Him. We need to know who we're imitating. Come on, how awkward would it be if we invite a friend to come to the mall with us. And we're walking through that mall, but I don't say a single word to them and then we go off and I don't even say goodbye. That's weird. That's awkward. Am I the only one who finds it awkward? And so many of us can do that many days of our life and our walk with Jesus. You see, we invite him into our life but we walk with him every moment of the day and we don't even say anything. Come on, that's, that's awkward. It's not just awkward in a mall, but it's awkward in our walk with Jesus too because he's waiting for us to connect with him. He's waiting for us to simply just turn towards him. Hey, hey God. Come on, what has he got for you every day? And here's the thing, if we want to imitate him, we've got to actually live life with him. And we can as we finish, I just want to share a word that Holy Spirit actually gave to me this morning, and it was pretty awesome. It's from Matthew 6.6. 6. It's a scripture, and it says, uh, But when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. 
And this morning, I, I was actually at North Campus. I got to hang out with him this morning. And, and uh, God gave me a prophetic picture. The promised land is what he says here. Um, God gave me a picture and I saw a, a hallway. You know, think of this aisle almost, right? And, and, and am I allowed to go down here? Is that okay? I am. I don't care. Um, so this is a hallway, right? And, and every single aisle is a door. And I, what I simply saw in the picture was I saw Jesus walking down the hallway and he looked at the doors. Shut, shut. Here's an open. Oh, oh, sorry. Open, 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 open. Here's a shut door. And he knocks on it and he gets excited. He's waiting for someone to answer and then Toby answers it. And Jesus is like, hey man. And then they have this awesome time hanging out together and then he goes down and he finds a next door that's shut. And just like in that scripture, it says, when you go, but when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. I just felt I'm saying, I'm looking for people who have their door shut waiting for me to knock. But so many times we live our life with it open and we're not in there. But when we go in there and we shut the door and we're like, come on, is he going to come? Is he going to come? And he will come. And he's saying, I want people. I'm looking for people who are going to go away in the secret place, expectant to receive something from God, waiting for that knock on the door. Yeah, I was even saying to God around that picture um, this afternoon because I was just thinking about it and and uh, I was like, how long do you wait in the room, God? And I just felt him say, until I knock. <laughs> you see, the way that we're going to imitate him is by getting to know him. The way that we get to know him is by getting into the secret place. Just God and me. Just God and you. And he's got amazing things for you. He's got gifts for you. He's got words for you. You see, it's not just doing a devotion. That's not what the secret place is. It's not a devotion. It's literally getting into the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Just think about that. Come on, often we can think of it, oh, yeah, my devotion life is going okay. No, 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 no. Is your, how is your walk with God where you actually just step into his presence? That's what it is. Yeah, sometimes we read scripture and we get into a devotion about it. But what I'm getting in there is because I want to meet with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You see, every time we go into that space, it's an opportunity for my life to be changed. Every time I get into that place, I could be healed. Every time I go into that place, I have an opportunity to meet with the King of Kings. That's exciting.